An angry man attacks a kid for taunting him in Call of Duty. The Rage PC launch experiences some issues. And Xbox Live may become the next generation of television. All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jared, and I'm here with a community manager and the only man I know that can ride a wave with his bare feet, Rob Hill Williams. That's right. It's in my bio. That means it's real. <laughs> <laughs> that means it really, really happened. It did. Yes. I'm born that way. Yeah. And this is a Mashcast number 25. If that was the age, our Mashcast would be able to, you know, get a rental car now. It's all grown up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be two man in this one. Just, just me and Rob. While know. Nick drowns away his sorrows in the bottom of the Delaware River and a bottle of beer and pitch black darkness over his Phillies losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't mean to laugh about that, but it is a little funny. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with any team that gets eliminated from baseball because that just means the baseball season is closer to ending. That's right. what that means for me because I hate baseball. I, I really can't say What's going on? Well, why would you care? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know, but hey. See, this, this is why he should be here because he can, he can, you know, tell us how wonderful baseball is. But, you know, he's, he's not. So Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, let's uh, get into it. Rob, what you been playing? Uh, obviously, I've been playing FIFA 12. The review is up on the site now. Um it was a really great soccer game, and that was from somebody who's not played soccer, a soccer video game in about 10 years. So it's good if you want to play soccer. <laughs> it's definitely better than Pro Evo. Um, I've also been playing Spider-Man Edge of Time, which review will be out soon for that. And I've also been playing the Battlefield 3 beta for PS3. Um, guys, don't buy Battlefield 3 on the console. I'm just, I'm just, I'm serious. I'm just warning you now. Like, not only has it had the, the downgrades from PC that we've already seen from, you know, us and other outlets and stuff like that, but I, honest to God, the bad, like, the game comes out in what, two, three weeks? Yeah. Um, I know that they will fix some things in the beta, but the beta is largely for load testing on the servers, and that wasn't a problem. But the problem is uh, like environment clipping, uh, things that happen. Like as far as like you lay down on the ground, and then suddenly you're three feet below it, and you can shoot at people, and they can't shoot at you. You know, like that kind of fun thing. Like there's some problems in the battlefield beta. Like I'm sure there are things that are patchable, but I wouldn't expect those things to be okay when the game comes out. 
Now, I haven't played the PC version. I would hope that it's better, although I've heard, you know, wishy-washy things about that too. But I have at least not heard of the silly things that I've seen in the PS3 version of the beta. Um, I know people are, like, kind of, eh, about Origin and stuff. But honestly, like, at this point, I, I would really kind of deal with it at this point in order to play the game and to have a, a better version of the game because the battle like the beta on PS3 is not did not impress me. There were certain things I liked about the game, but like there are a lot of problems in actually playing it. So Yeah, you're not the only one I've I've heard. Actually a friend of mine texted me the other day and he he really did he's playing it on PS3 too and he really dislikes it. I know I've seen people on Xbox 360 complaining about the textures and how it looks and things like that. And I'll be honest with you, like Battlefield is a PC game. Just the way Battlefield plays is a is a PC game and they I know they did they say they made the map smaller for console since it's going to have less people and everything. Right. But I really can't see them nerfing it that much. Like it, it's almost like they'd have to make another game. You know? Yeah, it, it would, yeah, they'd have to make like another version of. It's almost like when you get like a DS version of a, of a game against the, you know, the console version. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what it would be like. But yeah, I don't, I don't see too many changes. There's a lot of just odd things too. Like I know that there are like certain attachments and like kind of like quote unquote weapons that like you know let you kind of like shine like laser lights in the people's eyes. But I mean, I've literally been on like the edge of a map with nobody around me and had like. Not even like late, like not even like red light, like like red lights flashing or flashlights in my eyes, but like just random flashes of things and things like like not debris, but like other stuff just all over the place. Like I was like, there's there's problems here. <laughs> like there's yeah. just there's just visual problems with this game, and it, it extends into gameplay. Like it'd be one thing if it was just visual, and then you know it didn't it didn't affect anything but there's a lot of stuff that that does affect things being able to walk right through certain things and a lot of random problems it makes me sad because my first thought was like man i wonder if modern warfare would probably be better <laughs> and that wow, that's is bad. coming from somebody who does not like modern warfare at all yeah you know what like it's funny because um have you seen the new modern warfare com- uh, commercial the newest uh, I one. know, I know that there's a single player trailer of the year out there that just came out, but I have not seen it yet. You know how you know we've been saying that pretty much Battlefield has been, you know, they've been uh, kind of copying Modern Warfare with their advertising style and things like that, right? With the rapping and all that stuff. The new Modern Warfare commercial, you know that sound that every Battlefield trailer makes that that the Terminator esque oh, sound. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The new Modern Warfare trailer has that. <laughs> We are getting so bad that we can't even, like, not copy somebody else even when we don't need to. Yo, it would be hilarious, like, if after all of this, you know what I'm saying, after both games and the games come out sometime in December, EA and Ubisoft, like, yeah, we're merging into one company. We sent signs. <laughs> you know? Because, like, the advertising, like, I mean, are you, when I heard it, I was like, are you serious? On a second side note, though, the actual trailer made me think, huh, that will make an excellent movie. <laughs> don't know about the game right well you know that's that's usually what they're going for so yeah I would, like i think if modern warfare was a movie based off of that trailer i'd see it in the movie theater it looks yeah. pretty as a movie it looks awesome now as a game if you know if it's that, that the the rubber band style gameplay and when i say that i mean if i can put a rubber band around my trigger and then just just walk through each level like i did in modern warfare 2 and black ops you know that's uh you know that that's oh, still man. bad yeah, yeah exactly 
Um, but I have actually been playing three things this week. Uh, first of all, I'm playing Uncharted. I am at chapter 17. So I, I think it's 22 chapters, so therefore I'm probably almost done. Hate Uncharted. Hate it. Hate, hate, I hate that game. I, I really do. Like, I, and, you know, there are brief periods where I forget that I hate it when, like, I'm doing platforming stuff. You know, because going to shooting and then you hate it again. Exactly. I just hate it. It drives me insane. Um, so I can't wait to get done so I can play part two and then get ready for the podcast we're going to do before part three. Cause that's really the only reason I'm playing it. Cause I know, I know Uncharted 2 is everybody keeps on saying it's so much better. But if we weren't doing that podcast, dude, I wouldn't even bother. Like Uncharted right, 1 has turned me off. Exactly. Uncharted 1 has like turned me off so much. I, it is, I want to say it's the worst AAA title I've ever played. But I know that that has to be extreme. Like there has to be a worse AAA title. Yeah, but you I, know, I'm sure that there is. <laughs> but like for, in recent memory, like I'm trying to think of like what is a worse AAA title? You know, that I'm trying to think of. I really can't think of anything. But that's because I'm probably so enraged at the time it's happening. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so I've been playing Uncharted. I've been playing Rage, which I'm not gonna get into too into because I think we do have a topic. Um, that we're gonna be getting into about the, the Rage PC launch. Um. I will say that. So, barring a few problems in the very beginning, and got fixed the same day for me, um, barring those, so far I'm having a good time. I will say though that it is not my game of the year. Like I thought, like right now, Portal Two is my game of the year. Um, I thought Rage was really going to give it a run for its money, uh, based off of what I saw at PAX. But I can tell you right now, it's not going to be Portal 2, especially because I keep hearing that the last 30 minutes of Rage are terrible, and it's a terrible ending. But I hear the game, I hear everything up until that is good, you know? Right. Like, the gameplay, I can tell you a little bit about the gameplay. The gameplay is kind of awesome in terms of fighting enemies, because they're very reactive to what you do. Like, um, I was going through, like, one of the, uh, you know, one of the, uh, the, I guess, the, 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 the bandit tunnels, or, you know, one of their bases, right? Right, and so this this guy he's running toward me, right, and I shoot at his head, and he like dodges it real quick, like he dodges the bullet, mm-hmm. and then from there he jumps on the table, jumps on the chandelier, swings on the chandelier toward me, and then jumps at me. But then I cap him in the head, and he dies. Um, I was like, I wonder if that's scripted, and so I I did that whole part again. And I I didn't shoot him in the head this time. This time I shot at his feet, and he like jumped to the side. But he didn't do the whole chandelier thing because he missed the table. Like he he was past the table at that point. Huh. So I was like, oh, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Also, another thing I will tell you, like I was in a different bandit cave, and like the way these guys work together was really good. Like, and, and for AI, like they basically they covered the room. Like when I got to the room. There were four guys there. I killed one guy, and then the other three, they took these positions that pretty much had me covered from every single angle. It was like, I usually you don't see stuff like that. You see a bunch of enemies hiding behind the same thing, or one popping out, allowing you to kill it. No, like, anytime I would go up to kill one, a second one would kind of pop out and, like, you know, start shooting at me. So I had to, like, you know, dodge his bullets or his fire while I'm trying to kill the other one. They, they were fighting like raptors. Hmm. <laughs> you know, clever girl. <laughs> but um, <laughs> other than that, I've been playing Nuclear Dawn, which the review is up on the site. Awesome, awesome game. It's what I'll be playing instead of Battlefield Three this this season, um, because like 
don't know, like, I, I, the review is like two pages long. There's a lot of stuff to go over and everything, but like the t- the team aspect, like it's been a, a very long time that I've had I played a game where you you absolutely have to work as a team. Like the team that's going to win is a team that works best together. It's not like Counter Strike where somebody you can have like one really good player on your team and they'll win it for you. Um, even more teamwork than Battlefield, like, you know, Bad Company, Battlefield 2, so it's really, really impressive, so I've been playing that. But, nice. um, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, Nick, what have you been playing? Lol. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, okay. <laughs> He's been playing a violin and shedding tears. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to be, hey, he's going to be so mad next week when he comes to <laughs> you guys talk crap about me. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're not going to make it a theme. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, let's get into the topics. Um, and this first one, I would consider some good news, even though the police don't think so. Um, out in England, an angry man, uh, his name is actually, I have his name right here, I believe, uh, Mark Bedford from England. Uh, he's playing some black ops, right? And uh, this 13-year-old boy, uh, he apparently knows the boy somehow because he knows where right, the boy from lives. The family, some sort yeah, of something like that. So he got the boy is like taunting him on Black Ops. So he does something about it. He goes to his house and uh, attacks the boy for talking trash online. Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole story. Yeah, it, it's a good urban it. legend type of tale. Like. I mean, like, I would in no, in no way condone it because, like, you know, there's no reason that, like, a grown man should be attacking a 13-year-old kid. But as a folktale, like, as, a, as, like, an urban legend, it works really, really well because the, the, this is the, the, the reality of, like, you know, what happens when there's not a barrier between you and somebody on the Internet. Like, the anonymity has made people, like, feel like that they're invincible, and that's why you see people, like being so disrespectful and if like there was a threat that somebody could you know kick down your door and come through and you know even if like even if you were to beat them up or whatever like you know you're absolutely gonna own you you know there's at least that threat that would keep people more in line than like talking all the crap that they do right now so from that perspective it, it, it awesome that like you know maybe somebody will think twice but they really won't it really won't matter because there's just there's not enough instances like that but it's a good cautionary tale. <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. So you like, like you never know. Like, I mean, I I do my fair share of trash talking, but I don't really think I like personally. I don't think I get that disrespectful. Like from from like you know based off of what I see other people do. Like true internet trolls. Like I'm not a troll, but I do talk trash. You know, and for the most part, I just it's on console. If it's on console, I don't even have my mic plugged up. But you know, for PC, I do. Yeah. Um, you know the the rules on the internet like it's the same rules in real life should apply like you know just you know you would be don't say anything that you wouldn't say in real life or, you yeah know, don't, yeah, don't say anything that you wouldn't say if that person was standing right in front of you exactly like, that's the thing anonymity is not like that's that's everybody's big barrier on the internet like that's what protects people and if that's removed i <laughs> all the all bets are off. <laughs> you never know. That's the thing. You never know. What... And you don't know how crazy somebody is either. Because even if you think you're anonymous on the internet, you never are. You really never are. Somebody yeah. can find out, find you, find out about you, where you live. It just requires somebody crazy enough to do it. Yeah, That's you all. never, you never know how you know what resources somebody has access to. You never know if they might be able to find out where you are. 
you know, because stuff like that does happen. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you really, really never know. Because especially with all the the information you put out on the internet, it, it in a lot of cases it really might not take that much for somebody to link your your gamer tag or your alias that you're playing as with a real name, and then from there find out where you live, where you go to school, where you work, things mm-hmm. like that. Especially with with things like Facebook, Twitter, people put information like that out all the time, and then and don't th- even think about it. And right. then that stuff sits out there too. Like you know, what I'm saying like you may totally forget about it, and then you know Joe Blow, who's mad because you shot him in the head in Call of Duty, gets pissed off and comes and shoots you in the head in real life. Yeah, even yeah. if you delete your Facebook, like there's still stuff cached cached all over the internet, you know, for that. Exactly. Got it out there public or had it out there public at some point in time, like people can find it. <laughs> exactly. So the you just need to watch what you're saying and you know the, the same rules that apply in real life, you know, you need to apply that to the internet. That's kind of why like I love landing um because for the most part at lands People have fun. They talk a little trash, but it's all in fun. But you keep it within a respectable bound exactly. because you're in front of other people, and it, and it's just funny that removing that being in front of other people part changes people so much. Yeah, but, it, it, it's funny. Oh, actually, I I have to admit though, I do see Counter Strike players at LAN still being the same douchebags they are online. So at least they're true to themselves. <laughs> at least they are true to themselves. But um, moving on to our next topic, uh, a little bit more about Dead Space 3. Some additional information came out. Or not official information, though. Still, We are still in the rumor territory. But it appears that... Same old, though. Same person. Yeah, it comes from... Originally same. gave the... You know, the plot details we got last week. Yeah, it comes from the same person. Uh, according to them... Isaac, there's you're gonna have a new friend um, joining you on this adventure. Um, right now, it's called Shadow Isaac, which is supposed to be like a second personality that actually appears on screen and kind of taunts you and mocks you for your mistakes and things like that. So, I mean, I think that may be kind of interesting, depending on how they do it. Like, is it gonna be real time or is it gonna be scripted? You know, like if it's if it's scripted. Um, where he only talks based off, you know, based off of, um, you know, at certain times, that's one thing. But if like, you know, if you have to make decisions, you know, and then he, based off of your decision, he may say something different or, you know, if you, yeah, exactly. Or if like you're getting attacked and like you miss a shot and like, you know, the monster or, you know, the necromorph gets like on top of you. Is he like behind the necromorph, like teasing you? Like, ah, look at you, (laughs) you know, you're fucking up. (laughs) Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I think it might be pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a trope, but it's it's a trope that can be done like be done well. I mean, I guess it is kind of like a natural evolution, though. Like, it, you know, everything everywhere I've seen, like you know, the about the plot details, everybody says, "Oh, it gets weird," and it's like, well, I don't really think that's necessarily weird because he was already, you know, a little psychotic in Dead Space Two. Like, he was, he had like, you know. But I guess dementia was the official, what they said. For well, I think. Well, you know what the the thing about Dead Space Two, um, and uh, this is a spoiler alert for those who haven't played yet. So yeah, it's because co- of the marker. Yeah, yeah. It cover your ears. Yeah, exactly. As in, like during throughout the entire game, you just think he's crazy. But like you know, once you get you get to that, I think guess it's the last portion. 
like the very last portion. And um, yeah, because after you kill the black dude, or I forget his name, the the guy you uh, you put the spike through his head. Right. Um, but after you kill him, you find out that it's actually the marker that's making you see this that stuff. Yeah. So, so he he could it could be something that like you know even though he destroyed that marker he could, could be, be others. Yeah, it could be others or maybe it infected him somehow. Like now, like the marker is mm. trying to drive him to you know get another uh, singularity created. That's you know? true. That's possible. I so, mean, and it all seems to be related. And I can't imagine that they'd have a you know a third dead space and not have it related to the Negromorph somehow, which means that they're is a marker or something similar involved. I mean, they've hinted at that before. Um, and I mean, like in dead space too, I mean, yeah, it was the marker, but like, I mean, he was being like, you know, his dead girlfriend was, you know, taunting him and stuff like that during the game as well. So him being taunted by himself, I, I, I just think that like, that's kind of a natural evolution, but yeah, it really depends on how they do it. If he's just there and it's a scripted moments and it's like, Eh. But I mean, I would give Dead Space more credit than that because I mean they've been good about how they present things and what they do. So. Exactly, and there were definitely some scary moments with the girlfriend one. I mean, like the time. Like, did you play Dead Space Two, Rob? Did you Not play entirely. Oh, okay, I'm this. I guess this kind of happened like in the middle of the game, but like you were coming through, like you were like. I guess um making your way through like one of those uh, maintenance tubes, hmm. and like you know how when he comes out, he turns his back and pulls himself out. Right. So like he turns his back, pulls himself out, and, like, as he's coming out, you know, because the camera's not facing the outside at all, it's facing you, yeah. the girlfriend grabs him, turns him around, and, like, tries to stab him with a needle in his eye. Right. <laughs> and when that happened, I, like, I, I, I was audibly scared. I'll say that. <laughs> I was audibly scared when that happened, because it happened so fast. Like, all the those... Dead Space is the last... I, honestly, it has got to be the last... Real last real actual scary game that's that's made now. I don't know anything else that actually can scare me or some or anybody else really. Like you know, most times you know gamers were like pretty. We've pretty much seen all of it. You know, since we saw the dog crash through the window in Resident Evil. Like yeah. after that, we were all kind of like pretty much like okay, we got this. But like <laughs> Dead Space is not Dead Space is. <laughs> it's not a joke with the stuff that it does i mean even in the beginning of the game when the guy you know tries to save you and yeah. then he gets <laughs> like just that was a whole crazy crazy thing yeah when that happened oh yeah. good dude when that happened i was like are you serious we're starting this early <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you're in a straight jacket and can't defend yourself no weapons like just yeah it's uh it's crazy but so I mean, like they they do a really good job with those things. So I feel like they'll do something really good with, you know, this aspect. You know, because I think it's just a natural continuation of what they've already started doing with him. Yeah. No, rather yeah. than just have him be the the superhero every man, like you know, he's got problems. You know, he's got things that are wrong with him. Mm. Yeah. So I'm still looking for more info on that, and I'm looking forward to it, even though. Like I said, I was audibly scared several times in <laughs> Dead Space 3. Um, but uh, moving on to our next topic, this one regards Battlefield 3. Uh, and this is for the PC beta. So apparently, um, some hackers have found a way to... They've, they've modded, I guess, the, the server files for Battlefield 3. And what they've been able to do is they can, you can, they can now play 128 players on the beta maps. So, uh, not, not in a response, but in my opinion, 
this was a warning. But uh, Dice came out and said, you know, please avoid, te- you know, please, you know, don't play on those servers um, because there's a, there's a, you know, if you play on those servers, there's a chance that you may be banned. I'll read the exact quote so you can hear exactly their tone exactly. It says, please avoid temptation and remain on those official servers while we work to have these servers dealt with. Playing on those servers can cause your account to become compromised, stats to be altered, or other issues to arise which may lead to having your account banned by EA. Okay. And then they also mention that if your account gets, uh, uh, if your account gets banned, it does mean any EA game you have on your account will become unavailable. Um, the bans are permanent. These are permanent bans. Some people, actually, I think a lot of the community took it as a threat. Um, and actually, um, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, the, the tone of the article they had was that this was a threat. But in my opinion, this is a warning. And I was discussing with Rob earlier, like, this, like, permabands of this nature are not uh, exclusive to EA. Like, VAC does, the, not VAC, but uh, Valve does the same thing with VAC. And for those who don't know, VAC is Valve Anti-Cheat. If you get VAC banned, okay, your account and all of the games on the account are, terminally, are, are permanently locked. You cannot get to it anymore. Um, and the thing about it is, the reason uh, I think these bans, not, they're not saying that if you play, if we find out you're playing on these servers, we're going to ban your account. They're saying that playing on these servers can compromise your accounts um, because they are hacked at this point. So any information you send to that server, your user account, user ID, um, any uh, possible passwords, it may be able to get off of your system if it's if it ha- if it's having you load because you know when you own a server you can load additional files onto somebody's PC and that's that's kind of standard when it comes to PC gaming so whatever servers or whatever files they're loading onto your PC um, you know that those issues can cause you to get banned um, because the the master server may see you as hacking also if if the stats aren't being reported 100% correctly which you never know because like I said the server is hacked. You know, you don't know what has been affected by the hack. So if the stats are altered, master server sees that, master server says you're hacking, bam, you get banned. You know, like, that's that's what, in my opinion, that's what they're saying. They're not saying just by playing, you were going to ban you. So I know you had thoughts on this too, Rob. Yeah, um, mostly that, like, I mean, I, it is a warning. Like, they're saying that it can lead to you being, you know, because your account's compromised, it can lead to you being banned. They're not necessarily saying joining those games will get you banned, you know, without exception. But the only thing, and I mean, you did say that, like, it shows, you know, in this case, like, yeah, it it shows up in the, those games show up in the normal battle log. Like you don't have to go out of your way or go somewhere to go and find those games. Like they show up in the in the game listings. You mentioned that you know it does show that the maximum players is you know a different number. Um, and I would think yeah, you know, for the most part, anybody playing on PC is gonna realize that like maybe that's a little odd. But I can't, I just can't like. Uh, Shake the shake the thought that like you know there's plenty of people that may think like oh well they've started beta testing for you know 32 players like now they're beta testing for 128 because they want to see how it goes you know like that sort of thing but even past that I mean like you know it's one thing when the when it, when the game clearly shows you know it's it's way more players than are normally allowed if you, if you keep up on the you know on the beta or you know the the settings or the rules and or on the forums but it's a different thing when like people start hacking the servers and they show up in battle log and they're not changing like the overt settings 
Right. And then and then that causes problems. Like I think that's a, a t- you know a little bit different, and I could see that being an issue. And I'm sure they're working on you know ways to counteract that. But my my main thing is that like it's kind of problem. Like to me, it's kind of problematic that they show up in in the normal battle log. It's just like you know it's a game. It's just a normal game. You know, <laughs> like that's kind of. Eh. But I don't think that it's the the you know wielding the wielding the big bat you know that that part rock paper shotgun made it sound like but at the same time i mean pc world did seem to like spend a lot of time making fun of rock paper shotgun for you know the <laughs> for rather than you know and even mentioning the fact that it you know they do show up in the normal and the normal listings and stuff but you know that's 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 between them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i i just see that you know Obviously, I'm sure they're working on things like that and, you know, working on those issues, but I could, I could see some players being misled. And especially when, you know, there are people who start doing unsavory hacks that don't involve changing the, the settings that, you know, the configurations that show up up front on the, on the battle log. That's, that's when I see problems arising. Right. Yeah. What I, what I predict is that EA is going to find a way to invalidate these servers and get them off the master list. Cause right now, whatever they changed didn't invalidate the server. So they just have to, I guess they just right. have to find out what they're doing and then make it invalid. And then we won't even have to worry about this because they won't show exactly. up in the master list anymore. Right. And then that, and at that point then I'm like, whatever, if you were going out of your way to go find games that are obviously being, you know, temp, you know, tinkered with, you're at your own risk, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but, uh, moving on to our next topic, uh, another PC game, um, Rage came out on Tuesday, which we mentioned. Uh, like I said earlier, there were, you know, there were some initial issues with Rage. Um, but the, the story that you're going to see in the show notes is actually called, um, actually, I'm sorry. It's, it's actually called, uh, what, uh, ID doesn't care about PC anymore. Right, they don't care about PC gaming anymore, which came from why was this PC why was the PC launch of Rage just a cluster, you know, bad word. Uh, it's, <laughs> a, it's it's explicit so we can actually say it, Rob. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I you know, I, I try and I try not to just just launch off into profanities all the time. But why was the PC launch of Rage such a clusterfuck? Is the article that that <laughs> that, that article comes from? You know, the Actually, main article. You know what's interesting? You know what's very interesting? Um, side note: Destructoid changed the name of this post. The original name of the post was ID Software doesn't really care about PC gaming anymore. Now the name of the post is PC isn't the market leader anymore. That's why I stuttered there for a second. I'm like, uh, I do. Am I on the right article? Tricky, I didn't tricky. Notice that because the actual if you if you go to the old link, it it yep. is still the same old link, but it's a different title now. Yep, That's tricky, funny. tricky, tricky destructoid. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> but um, yeah. So basically. Uh, there were some issues. There were some initial issues with Rage, and here are a few. And I, I, I had these issues too. Actually, let me tell you the full story. Okay, um, Rage came out on Tuesday. I was in the middle of writing um, the actual review for Nuclear Dawn. Twelve oh one a.m. Boom! I get a message. Rage now decrypting, which it surprised me because um, Valve usually waits like 3 a.m. to unlock your games, but this one was, you know, 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, I open up the game. Um, after the initial cutscene, first thing I notice, um, my frame rate is, is, is slow. It's like 20 to 25 frames per second, okay? When I step outside, the texture, 
load is extremely poor. Um, and there's also flickering with the, uh, you know, with textures and even character models. Um, and not only was the texture loading slow, it was constant. Like anytime you would turn your head, it would load new textures. Okay. As a PC gamer, the first thing you should think is, did I update my graphics drivers? Which is, that's the first thing I thought. And I thought, no, I, I didn't update the graphics drivers. So I got the new graphics drivers. Okay. That immediately fixed the issue with, uh, with the actual, uh, the frame rate and the slow, like the really low texture load. I was still having a problem with textures were constantly loading, like when I turned my head and I was still having a problem with flickering textures, but it, wasn't bad to the point that I couldn't play. It was just made it un- kind of unpleasant. So I'm not excusing it, but I was able to play the first hour before, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to bed now. For, I, I did post in the rage forums as well. And I sent a PM to a moderator who got back to me about the issue. Um, because they, in the rage forums, they were recommending that you update to a certain set of drivers. And I updated that, then fixed the issue. And I don't know, like, hey, that's not working. And he, he messaged me back when the new drivers were ready. But either way, at 4 p.m. the same day, the same day the game came out, um, the the new drivers released by AMD and NVIDIA that fixed the flickering issue for me uh, and um, the constant texture loading. Like the texture, like I can like now when I load textures in the beginning, that's it. It's pretty much done unless I, you know, I'm going to a different area. Having a problem with screen tearing, a little bit later they give you the fix for that which is the turn on V-Sync via Trigger. So by Tuesday, let's say 6 p.m. on Tuesday, Rage was working 100% fine for me. Okay? Um, now, the the thing about this article, though, they talk about the, you know, the, actually, they don't really mention the issues, but they just mention that um, Rage is ha- was having some problems. A lot of people were, were complaining because the game was, you know, running like crap or whatever. Right. Um, which... Like I said, I'm not excusing them for it, but like I said, my issues were fixed before the end of the day, and I'm assuming a lot of a lot of other people's issues were fixed before the end of the day. Uh, but you know, from that, you know that of course the media, the game media went out and decided to talk to uh, you know Carmack, who actually he tweeted. Uh, let's see, let's see. Oh yeah, his tweet was the driver issues at launch have been a cluster, a real clusterfuck. That's what he said. Uh, so he wasn't too happy about it either. But then he he went on and uh, with a, an interview with Kotaku, he says, you know, we don't see PC as a, the leading platform for games. And he said this statement will enrage some people, but it is hard to characterize it otherwise. Both console versions will have a lot of, larger audience than the PC version, which is true. That's I, you know you can't really refute that. Um, Let's see what it says. Oh, you know, he also, there's another quote from him was, uh, you can choose to design a game around the specs of a high end PC and make the console versions fail to hit the design point or the design point around specs of the consoles and have a high end PC provide incremental quality improvements. We choose, we chose the latter. Uh, and a perfect example of that, um, Battlefield. Look at what Rob is saying about Battlefield. The fact that, you know, like his, you know, I know the graphics aren't the best, but they're running into tons of problems because they designed it for high-end PCs, and now they're trying to kind of downgrade it to work on consoles and even some 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 lower systems. You know, um, 
Carmack, another quote from Carmack, uh, a high-end PC is nearly 10 times as powerful as a console, and we could unquestionably provide a better experience if we ha- if we choose that as our design point, and we are able to extend the same amount of resources to it. Nowadays, most of the quality of a game comes from the development effort put in, not the technology it runs on. A game built on a tenth the resources on a platform 10 times as strong would be an inferior product in almost, ca- in, in almost all cases. So, I mean, I, I, I'm a PC. Everybody who listens to this knows I'm a huge PC gamer. And I have to agree with him, you know, about what he says. Like, you know, the console market is the bigger market right now. So they're going to, you know, they're going to build the games for the console. But at the same time, you know, you don't want a shitty, con- a sh- shitty, you know, console port to PC, which in my opinion, the, the port was not shitty. Like, the port was not bad. It's not like the game itself had bugs. Uh, like, you know, when I say that, I mean stuff like... Like uh, Fallout's open. Yes. You know, minutes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know... There's, there's things that it could have definitely been more wrong. Like, everything I've heard has been graphical. Yeah. Everything. Like, I've not heard any... I mean, like, you know, people have had other issues with aspects of the game, but that's just personal preference, not that there's something broken about any other aspect of the game. I've not heard anything wrong about any other aspect. So, if it's just graphical, and it's just graphical on PC where it can be fixed, they're doing okay, actually. Yeah. I haven't played the game, so I can't... I really can't speak to, you know, like, how bad it is. I've seen some really horrendous pictures and video and and stuff like that but that doesn't account for every case settings you know what drivers people have like i don't know because you're all you're seeing is a picture or video you know you can make a game look as shitty as you want really on pc (laughs) so i don't know you know it's it's one of those things but i I like. I guess like you know. I I could understand why some PC gamers are kind of feeling out in the cold. You know, they feel a little bit abandoned because you know they didn't develop it with PC in mind first. But on you know, it's I, I say this a lot, but it's business, and they gotta they go where the money is. You know, like they may have made their you know may have made their name making things on PC, and it and you know they're not trying to make you know a shitty pc experience they didn't not put it on pc at all they're just saying that they're not building it for pc and you know making it a, a terrible quality you know a more terrible quality console game in the process where more people are going to play it on the console than on pc which is at this point fact you know as much as pc is research you know having like a resurgence and coming back and you got more people looking at it you know Steam and, you know, indie devs looking at PC, which we'll get to later. You know, there's a lot of, you know, good things going on with PC, but it still hasn't caught up to consoles in terms of, like, how much money it makes, how many people are playing the it. The user base, yeah. Like right. it, I mean, and the thing is, like, like I said, the game didn't have a whole bunch of bugs. It was just graphical stuff. And AMD, I don't know about NVIDIA, but AMD, because I, I use two, I have dual 6970s. Uh, AMD... They came flat out and came out and said, we released the wrong driver. <laughs> like, that's, they, they said that. They made a statement that said, we released the wrong driver for Rage. Yeah, I do know NVIDIA didn't have quite the issues AMD had when it, you know, when it released. They did still have problems, but they also released new drive, you know, new drivers as well. So, yeah. I've, I'm not sure how much those fixed the issues because you're the only person I've actually like literally spoken to, you know, since like the, you know, the drivers have been released and you use AMD. So I don't know how NVIDIA has fared since then, but NVIDIA wasn't as bad off when it started. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing like the, that, that day, like I said, the, 
the game came out at like twelve one a.m. You know, top of the <laughs> top of the day, and they had all they had they had the, the correct driver package out by four. So they probably talked to AMD, figured out what exactly was wrong with the drivers, what was missing, and um, you know, from there they repackaged them and got them on the web on, on the website. And so that right there shows you that they care because like how often do you know games have to wait weeks to be patched or like get updates in order to be okay if you know, they're patched like, at all right i mean like it, it's not like they don't care about pc they went the route of at least figuring out what the issue was and getting and trying to get a fix out as fast as possible like yes there's still the high res texture pack that hasn't come out but i mean like that's a different you know a different ball of wax altogether yeah exactly they are releasing a high-end texture pack for pc which means right now pc looks a little bit better than the console but when that high res texture com- pack comes out we will definitely have the advantage in terms of looks and if you want to talk to a group of people who like a community where their 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 company didn't care about their game why don't you go back and talk to the guys who used to play rainbow six back in 0405 where the the Rainbow Six games were coming out for PC um, as console ports, really, really buggy, and Ubisoft not fixing a thing. Releasing one patch, two patch to fix some performance issues, and then not really fixing the game. You go talk to those guys, like... I mean, and don't take this as me being, like, a fanboy, because like I said, I already mentioned, like, Rage is good and everything, but... It's... it When I... After I played it for a little bit, it it got knocked out of my Game of the Year tier. I don't know anybody that was more excited about that, this game than Jarrett. And for yeah. him to say, like, it's not game of the year anymore. Like, I, I, heard, I heard his heart break, actually, in his chest just a <laughs> tiny bit. Maybe not a break. I mean, more of like a crack in his heart when he said it. Because if anybody read his preview from, from PAX, he was excited. Yeah. So <laughs> I was really, really excited for this game. So this hurts him. This hurts him as much as it hurts you. Yeah. And I, you know what? I, I initially, initially, after I did my, my driver update, you know, after I did my first driver update and I fixed the frame rate issue and, and stuff like that, but the flickering will still happen, I was still, I was pretty pissed. Get me, don't get me wrong. I was actually pretty pissed. And, you know, by the time I got to work the next day, the new driver was, you know, it was out and had fixed all my issues. So I was like, oh, okay. It's kind of like if a game came out, well, actually, it is a game that came out one day and had a day one patch to fix all the new issues they heard about. Like, a lot of people don't know this, but sometimes when we get review copies, uh, when we get the review copy, the publisher or the dev will send, send a, a notice with it like, hey, we know there's some bugs, there's a day one patch, you know? So th- these issues, like these rage issues, were new to Bethesda because they said on their in-house build servers or build PCs, everything was working fine. So everything was working fine in-house. These are new issues and they took care of it the same day. Like that I, in this day and age, I applaud that from a, from, from a public, from a developer. I applaud that. I I mean, there's a big difference between, you know, them having some, a few graphical issues and the game itself being more, you know, more or less. Okay. And, you know, a game like dead Island coming out and having a day one patch, even on console that, accounts for like 40 things and doesn't even fix everything you know for them to fix the main you know the big things that are wrong with the game this is pretty good i mean like the game may not have been revolutionary and i think maybe that added to people's kind of 
mindset, you know, on top of the graphical issues that, you know, like, oh, this isn't like the next Doom or something that, you know, that people maybe got a little more upset than they would have if the game had been really great and there was just graphical issues. Um, but, I, you know, what can you do about that? <laughs> sometimes games don't, they're not, they're not everything that you hope sometimes. But as far as their response has been pretty good. You know, I know people are going to be upset that, you know, they didn't optimize it for PC, but this is the market. Yeah. And it, right I, I got one more thing and then we're going to move on to the next topic, but at least he was flat out with you. You know, at least like Carmack was like, yeah, you know, we don't consider PC a, a, a market leader. And if you consider PC a market leader, you don't live in reality. Because we all PC gamers know we are not a market leader. You know, that that's the thing. Like, we, we're, we're P, PC gaming is not at the forefront anymore and hasn't been for years. So that shouldn't be news to anybody at this point. Um, but like, at least Carmack was very flat out and forward, and I think they're handling the situation pretty well. Because, like I said, day one, I was able to play Rage with zero issues. Right. After as well as as well as it could possibly be handled, they're pretty much handling it, exactly. and they're going to continue to handle it because at least they're making the effort. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I went a little longer than we wanted to, but that's okay. Um, it was worth it. It was totally <laughs> worth it. But uh, our next topic is regarding. Unreal Engine 3 and Flash, and this is something I never thought I would see, but apparently there will be native Unreal Engine 3 support for Flash 11. This is huge. Like, this is actually a really, really big deal. Especially when you're talking about cloud gaming and streaming and everything else that's it's big. Yeah, like, I mean, having the Unreal Engine be playable in Flash 11, like, those little Flash games that you see... Like, I mean, that's a huge jump. That is a huge jump. I know, like, Unity, like, Unity 3D was, uh, you can, I believe you can use that in Flash. And that's good and all. Like, we were able to get some good 3D games out of that for Flash, but now Unreal Engine 3, like, that's top notch. Actually, and also, I've read that Crytek is also looking into making, uh, the Crytek engine work with, uh, Flash 11. So that's big just for, for, for gaming in general. I mean, like, web games, Facebook apps, all that stuff. Um, on top of that, now that throws, like, that keeps Flash alive for longer. Like, you know, Steve Jobs and Apple, they were all, you know, death of Flash, Flash is dying, blah, blah, right. blah. Right, Flash is an inferior, like, not necessary. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, now you've got Infinity Blade 2 running on the new iPhone 4S because of Flash 11. Exactly. And that's, like, I thought that was kind of ironic, honestly, but... I mean that that is that's it's kind of a game changer and I mean if you can have a game running in Unreal on you know tablets and you know smartphones like not that you're going to totally change over into like oh man you could totally put like Gears of War on a you know on an iPad or or on a phone because you're not going to be able to play it for more than half an hour um it's still a really big game changer like I to me like as much as we hear about like, oh my god, you know, smartphones taking over, you know, mobile gaming, yada yada yada. Like to me, like if you want to look at a threat, this is kind of a threat. <laughs> like this is this is actually a big deal. And in terms of graphical power, I mean, you still have the control issue for now. 
Um, but like in terms of graphical power, this is a big deal. Like Unreal Engine 3 is no joke when it comes to graphical power. I mean, on the phones that are released right now, it's probably going to drain your battery in about five minutes. But <laughs> um, the but fact, there, yeah. the fact, it's still there. So it's if someone compensating for it now that it exists, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty big deal. There's not really much else to that story, but the, it's just just that itself. Like that's enough <laughs> in a way. I, honestly, like that's it's just a really big deal. Like, and I mean, it's not like you're talking like you know we we finally got you know uh, Unreal Engine One working on it. No, like. Unreal Engine 3, like working in and and the change for Facebook games that's possible. Like now you can have a real actual game and could you imagine playing like Hawken on like Facebook? Yeah, exactly. Is it, like that's that's a big big F, big effing deal. <laughs> yeah, there's some definite um improvements that Flash needs to make to make this work right, you know, like in terms of like because at this point, like Unreal Engine three is big, it takes a lot of processing power. Probably takes, you know, it does take a lot of RAM. Um, so they need to make sure that their Flash plugin isn't crashing when 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 shit gets real in a multiplayer match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like that, they need to make sure that's not happening. But I'm pretty sure um, Adobe will take care of that because Flash yeah, is stepping in the right direction. At least, like yeah. they're at least trying to keep it relevant as opposed to just letting it, you know, ride off into the sunset and have HTML five kick its ass. So. Exactly. So, looking forward to seeing more from that. Um, moving on to our next topic, though. And this next topic, I don't know why people are surprised, because Microsoft released some information about it before, but in, anyway, um, Xbox Live, they partnered with about 40 content partners, and they're going to bring TV to the Xbox. Um, based off of the article that I have here, it sounds like these providers are going to go and like, you know, cause right now you can go to the Zoom marketplace and get TV shows and things like that. But right, it sounds like they're going to have their own channels, kind of like Netflix and Hulu Plus does. And we're talking about, um, uh, companies like Verizon, Comcast, HBO, Sci-Fi, TMZ, UFC, Bravo, BBC, um, you know, stuff like that. HBO Go, Hulu, you know, like there's a lot. And it's not just US, like it's international. So you have, you know, BBC for the UK, although I, I guess maybe they won't be over here too, which is kind of disappointing. But, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but like you have, yeah, you have different, you know, different markets are also getting different providers that are relevant to them, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, people kind of act like it was a surprise, but. You knew something was happening with Xbox and TV when they've they announced. already been doing. Yeah, they've yeah. already been going in this direction. But like when specifically at, around E3 when they talked about that advertising service. That's true. You, too. you yeah. know, like th- those ads were coming up. Like what? Like those aren't gonna, ads aren't going to come up in a show that I bought. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like whatever show they were watching had commercials, um, and it also had um, you know the pop in ads. So like you, you knew it was like kind of like live TV there, you know. Yeah. So you could probably, you know, they haven't released too many details. They, so I'm speculating here, but you can probably tune into the channel, and then like you get the commercials, which then the, the you know the Microsoft ad service pops up like, hey, do you want to know more about this? And you know you go that way. So this yeah, is especially like, when you have Hulu and stuff that actually plays commercials in between things, you know, of that nature, as opposed to you know during your show, but right. like. You know, now you have things that play all the ads and stuff beforehand, so 
at yeah, it's a good place to leverage it, not even just inside of your your video getting in your way. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not surprised at all, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you know what what, what you know what we have here. What I wish though, because uh, you know, to get things like HBO Go, you have to have a subscription through like a cable provider. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was like, this is a big deal because like it kind of turns you know your your 360 into you know your cable box. But yeah. it doesn't because you still got to pay for all that stuff. You still got to pay for your cable service and pay for HBO behind that cable service. And you still have to pay for Xbox Live Gold in order to even get access to it. So exactly. it's until there's maybe a change there, you know, like where it's, you know, available on silver or something like that. But see, they're trying to make they're trying to make Xbox Live Gold more valuable. So they're not going to they're not going to put that in you know in silver you know they're gonna put it behind that wall what i would want i don't I, like well i have xbox live gold so maybe that's why i don't care if it's silver or not but right. what i want is the ability to just pay for hbo like oh no i yeah i mean that's the other that's the other hand you know either they changed you know i mean i and like i said i don't see microsoft changing that so the other hand is that the the providers start jumping away from from Comcast and you know DirecTV and all those guys and letting you purchase things and, and you know separately. Like I've already said, like I've <laughs> I've said before, like I would just buy HBO straight up on its own. You know, yeah. like, I hate having to have a cable service and then pay for you know things that I want to watch. Like I would pay for HBO just to be able to watch True Blood and you know Game of Thrones and stuff. Like, yeah. but like I could care less about most of the stuff that's on. Only on that you get TV. on cable, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like, give me NFL Network and like HBO. I mean, oh, if, that, if I could, if I could buy a la carte, like, I, how many different movie channels would I have? Because I, I like shows on Showtime, I like shows yeah. on HBO. Like, you know, as you of would sa- only get the stuff you want. Exactly, as it yeah. stands right now, like a package like that is too, like it's too much. You know what I'm saying? I'm already paying like just for cable internet and uh, high definition digital cable. I'm yeah. paying like 150 a month. I don't want to throw HBO and Showtime and some of the shows I like to see on Cinemax on top of that, you know, on top of that. Right. Like right, right now, I watch all that stuff through Netflix, you know? Yep. So, yeah, like, I would love to get, be able to do, like, an a la carte, you know, um, selection like that. But uh, I guess there'll be releasing more information in the future because I know the, the update, I believe it's supposed to come with their fall update. These right. changes. Yeah, so, man. and fall update is right around the corner. So, you know, we should be seeing those soon. So, we'll keep you guys up to date. Uh, but moving but it's on. Interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> moving on to our next topic, though. Um, something that I have predicted accurately. And so, I'm very, very pla- pleased to talk about. <laughs> um, uh, actually, I didn't predict it in this way. I thought it was going to be larger publishers, but uh, the article is from Games Industry. It says iOS publishers buying their way up the charts. And uh, this article is, uh, I guess it's kind of an interview. You know, kind of interview with um, Ian Harper of Future Games of London, uh, which is a developer, and they also have a, a an in-app promotion service that they offer other developers. But uh, basically, he's saying that you know, indie uh, indie iOS developers being pushed out by social game fir- social game firms buying their way up the charts via marketing, uh, doing something that's called uh, cost per install or using cost per install programs to drive their rankings up so i wasn't really sure what cost uh per install was and i googled it and it really didn't come with anything but i found a related result called pay per install which basically is is what cost per install is and what it is is that you know you can pay um these networks to download your game 
So every time somebody, uh, every time like you know, you pay them like, and it's not that expensive according to um, you know what I've read, but you pay them a little bit, and every you know for every person on the network, or you pay those people who download your game, you know, so that you can get a higher, you know, a higher ranking. Now, being that these social gaming firms definitely have deeper pockets than the indie devs. You can see how this is a problem. They can pay more people to download their games. They move to the top of the charts and push the other developers down. Uh, I'm sorry, but this is cheating. Like, there's no way around it. Like, this is just, this is immoral. You know? Yeah, it's, it's not even like it shows up as like, oh, this is a sponsored result or like on a separate list. Like, it literally pushes games that may legitimately be sell. You know, maybe legitimately be getting downloads to put them at that level, like off of those lists because they can just pay enough people to put those games off the list and put them higher up you know like oh i want to be number two like let's let's make that happen exactly like the way i predicted it i thought like you know i i I predicted that you know in the future when ubisoft uh ea activision uh, got more interested in the mobile market that they use their deep pockets for marketing like you know they would get deals with Apple to put their games on the front page or put it as the featured app, put their stuff at the top of the list, you know, stuff like that for visibility purposes. But these social, these, these, these social networks, not social networks, but these, these social game networks or uh, even social publishers um, are using their deep pockets to pretty much pay people to play their game and move up the ranks, which is cheating. Like that's really, really cheating. Um, it is a quote from Ian here. I think if you can get people to see that you're uh, that you're in with a fighting chance. Oh, what does that say? I, I totally messed that up. <laughs> no, actually, you know, you didn't really mess it up that bad. It said, uh, "I think if you can get people to to see you're in with a fighting chance." But the issue nowadays is lots of big social media game companies are coming to into iPhone and buying their huge numbers of CPI and cost per install installs and advertising essentially buying their way up the charts which really kind of crowds out the space for other people quite a lot yeah um he said that's been getting progressively worse in the last year to the point where now it's very very difficult to get an app scene at all and the thing about you know really not even just the the app store and like iphone but like really any you know like android store or anything a lot of people don't go through very far down those lists to look at games like especially games, yeah. People look at what's you know the only the only thing that I, I I know personally that I do is that I will separate and look at you know free games from the new from you know from pay from pay games, and that's the most like that's probably the most separation that I'll do if I ever look for a game on say like Android, because you know and mo- and and like outside of that like people don't do very much like people don't even look at genre very much you know like oh i'm looking for a shooter or oh i'm looking for people just look at like what's most popular you know and that kind of leaves the games out in the cold if like you're not on that first one or two pages that's rough unless you know you've got like a nice you know grassroots effort and word of mouth going for you like but on the actual store itself or just the the casual chopper you're not going to get your game seen yeah, exactly. And if you're getting pushed out of the top, you know, top three pages or something because, you know, somebody bought their way into it, like, that's literally, like, your livelihood going bye-bye because somebody else has enough money to put themselves up there to make more money, basically. You know, spend money to make money. Yeah. And- I just I just want to clear something up real quick. I can read, okay? 
I can totally read. This is the second week that we've had this yeah. problem. <laughs> Last week I was tired. This week, the, I, Rob read it. You read that from the page, right? From the webpage? Or from yeah, the actual no, article? It's, I mean, he's, he's English, yeah. so I mean, like, they're. Well, it's, it's not, not that. exactly the same, but yeah. It's not even that. The fact is, I, I read my notes from somewhere else. Like, I retype my notes, and oh. I type oh, it you wrong. You. <laughs> I, I messed up my notes. That's what I was talking about. It's like, I messed that up really bad. Uh, so, yeah, I can totally read, guys. Trust me. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, so he also mentioned, you know, dealing with big publishers, you know, like uh, Chilingo, which uh, they're they're a rather rather large publisher. Like, yeah, you may have heard of them, Angry Birds. (laughs) You know, Chilingo is the ones who uh, publish Angry Birds. Also, I know that Luke from Radiant Games is going to be releasing... um, uh, Super... What is it called? uh, He has a game that he's releasing soon. Um, that he that's going to be through Chilingo. It was released on Xbox Live before, but now it's going to be um, released on mobile platforms, and Chilingo is going to be his, you know, his publisher. But um, yeah, basically he's saying that you know to deal with these big publishers, you usually have to like go in with you mean you'll make bad deals with them or well, deals that profit the uh, the publisher more. Than you, and sometimes even give up your 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 IP, you know, which you know stands for intellectual property. So you pretty much right. give up the product that you made. So it's not always the best to go hand in hand with publishers. Um, and by the way, that name of that game was Super Crossfire. I, I to- drew a total blank for a second. <laughs> and it's funny because I actually reviewed one of the games and I love them. But anyway, um, so. I, I'm curious, like, is there anything that Apple can do about this? Because this is, like, they they are gaming their system, but does Apple even really care? Because they've kind of showed that they don't care too much about the gaming uh, market. Like, they care to a degree because, of course, it's a it's a huge pull for money. But, like, I've had reports where, or heard reports, I should say, where publishers, not publishers, but devs will complain about clone games. Um, I know, um, was it called the blocks cometh uh before the blocks cometh came out somebody saw the idea on the developer's website made a clone like a quick and dirty clone with sprites from other games and released his clone game before the real game came out and the developer had a huge problem with apple you know dealing with that clone game so I'm, I'm curious if Apple, if there's anything to do, I can app. Well, if there's anything that Apple can do to help out, even if they wanted to, you know, it's, uh, who knows? But either way, I really don't like the the idea of these publishers buying their way up the charts. And it's one thing if like uh, you know you you go on YouTube or you go like different places and you see you know sponsored results or you know even on Twitter you see you know sponsored you know trending you know trending topics and stuff like that. It's one thing if you show those things as being like you know as sponsored or you know not even advertising but you know kind of like bought spaces. That's one thing. Another thing altogether to just say like, oh yeah, they totally just got up there on their own. You know, like they totally just, people just downloaded them. Like, as opposed to like, these people got up here because they paid to get up here. You know, like there should at least be some separation of the, so that people know what they're looking at. You know, that would help in and of itself. Like people probably still wouldn't go more than a couple pages in, but I think that people are less likely to just like take, uh, you know, a sponsored game as being like as awesome as it, it, you might think it is by being number one on the charts if it's not 
you know, actually number one. Yeah. Like, you know. And I know I know a lot of indie devs are actually flocking to like the mobile platform, the social platform, because you know it's it's a it's easy for them to self publish to a degree. You know, it's easy to self publish, and uh, you know they get a lot of visibility. But now it appears that that's even going away. Because look at you know even even with the social market, like with EA getting in with games like Sim Social, you know, or or, or Civ Civ World. You know, and now you don't even have EA. Well, EA did release Tetris Three, but you, they're not really pushing it to the mobile market. Activision's not pushing it to the mobile market. Even you, you know, Ubisoft isn't really pushing it to the mobile market. As more big names and deeper pockets get into those markets, we're going to start to see indie devs get pushed farther and farther and farther away to 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 the degree where I think it's going to be like console. Like, how many people know about indie game devs on console? You know, minus a few that that stand out, but like, who who do you know anybody who checks the XBLA indie games channel besides myself? No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't like. It's just, I you know, when you bury something far enough like that, you it it make you know that's been that's been an issue in and of itself. You know, like that they buried indie games back where they did. You know, in that channel, so. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I don't. I know very few people that go out of their way to go look through the indie games channel. And even if you go in and go look at the indie games channel, then you you have to go search through all that stuff too, you know. And even then, and even then, there's you know the systems kind of being gamed in a certain you know certain aspects. But that's yeah, the- that's that's a whole different issue. That's indie indie devs gaming other indie devs at, uh, for that one. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on to our next topic because there's really nothing else to say here. As of right now, that's just the way it is. And I really think the only people who can stop it is Apple if they come up with some type of system to make this stop. Other than that, if they don't, uh, we're going to see more indie devs get pushed to the side. You know, indie devs without deep pockets get pushed to the side and more mainstream stuff from the same people over and over again, you know? So yeah. uh, unfortunately, that's what that's what I kind of see happening. Um, but moving on to our last topic here, uh, this one is regarding actually XBLA losing developers, which I've heard reports, um, you know, back and forth re- regarding this issue. Yeah, I mean, uh, like Team Meat said that like they'll never work with Microsoft again. <laughs> yeah. and they kind of like they kind of went on a rant about that, but this is you know just a more general. Uh, deal. Yeah. Things. Uh, so Ron Carmel, um, he's the um develop. He's part of two uh two D boy, which made World of Goo, which is an excellent game if you haven't played it. But uh, you know, he says that um because of the Microsoft of, of you know the XBLA policies, is saying that they're losing star talent to other platforms because of unnecessary you know bureaucracy and uh an overly demanding process, which. D- this is definitely not the first time I've heard of this. I actually uh, had a chance to talk to um, uh, Eaton Gilbert from uh, Firehose, and the reason they went with PSN over Xbox was because they, uh, you know, it was easier for them to actually release on on that console. And I mean, of course, there there are more more Xbox players than Sony. Well, you know, 
PlayStation players because there's just more Xboxes out there. But as a developer, I think you have to look at the cost. Like, is it worth it? Especially right. since if you only if you get your games in the hand of like a million more people, but it costs you you know twice that much from whatever possible revenue that would give you, then it's not really worth your time. You know, that exactly. Type of like, yeah, more people will see it, but does that mean they're going to buy it? You know, and that, that's the thing. But uh, Ron, he sent out a questionnaire to about a, a hundred NDs, and uh, you know, the basic consensus was that you know, from now into the future, the more indies are are they're planning on uh, you know releasing on PSN versus Xbox Live. Um, actually, he, uh, there's another article that will be in the show notes from Rudolph Kremers. And he's the designer of uh, Euphoria, which I believe that just came out on PSN recently. Yeah, it, yeah, it just released like this Tuesday or Wednesday. And he, you know, he mentioned a few things like, you know, the importance of the, of the Sony's pub fund, which is, uh, we talked about it before, but it's a, it's a fund. It's like about a 20 million cat, $20 million cash reserve that Sony uses to help indies publish their games on PSN. And, you know, there's that that Sony has versus XBLA, which, I, I think to get on XBLA, like, you have to have a publisher. Like, you're not just going to be an indie dev and get onto Xbox Live. You know, and, and deals have to be made, and I hear they're very, you know, pre, you know, prohibitive. Uh, they require mandatory features. Um, and, you know, I guess the more features you have, like multiplayer and things like that, the more they require from you. Uh, you have to use that Microsoft's QA. You know, pre- it, basically for devs, it's prohibitive and cost-intensive. I will say this, though. I'm not necessarily... I understand why Microsoft does what they do. Uh, you know, because they want to maintain a certain level of quality when it comes to XBLA games. And for the most part, the XBLA games are, are, are pretty, you know, high quality. So I understand that. And I'm not... Right. Like, it's almost like back in the old days when, you know, you had the, the Nintendo seal of quality and it actually meant something, you yeah. know. And not, it's a little different now, but I mean, like, they still had, like, you know, certain checks and balances that they had to go through before your game even made it. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, so like I understand what they're doing, but I can also appreciate from the developer's point of view that if you know Sony, they they not only you know is it easier to get your game on PSN, but they help you if you if you if you can get into the indie pub fund, you know they they definitely help you out. Um, also, I've heard reports that Microsoft doesn't even talk to devs; like they they talk to the publishers. Like that's yeah, it. They don't that's even what I've heard too. they don't <laughs> even talk to devs. Which I'm like, I don't I don't know how that works. And Sony will actually send representatives. Um, because like well, Eaton Gilbert again, he wrote an article. I believe it was for Gama Sutra, talking about the process that he went through to get Slambolt Scrappers onto PSN, and he was like, Sony sent out a rep, and they had discussions and. You know things like that. So, oh, I mean, it's not like I, I do prefer my Xbox over my P- PS3. But if the good games are coming out on PS3, um, people will go where the games are, exactly. <laughs> no matter what your no matter what your current affiliation. And like, if you know PSN and you know PlayStation dried up tomorrow, then like my Xbox would get play, you know, or vice versa. You know, it's that's the way that things go because. You know, the, it's really Microsoft's job to make sure that like those like those publishers don't go running away to everywhere else. Because I mean, um, actually, there's a there's a few different things from his you know from Carmel's study. Um, the he he interviewed well he surveyed 200 any you know indie game pubs, but 
uh, I don't remember what the, I don't think it was 200 that actually replied. It was only a half. Yeah, yeah, it was a hundred. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's still, you know, but the average Metacritic score of those people that had produced for Xbox Live was a 78. And the average on a Metacritic is 66. So the games were all like, you know, like an average of very good. Yep. Um, so it's not like he was just like, you know, you made, you know, uh, a water bottle 2010 on the Xbox lot, you know, like it wasn't like this for, you know, they, he just interviewed crap companies. Like he interviewed publisher, you know, any devs that have actually done something. Um, like his studio itself did world of goo, which was, you know, also a very good game, but the, not only does it show that, you know, more, more planning to work with PS, you know, PSN or that, you know, that there's just issues working with Xbox Live, but it also they also voted like Steam the easiest to work with, um, based off of like other other parts of his that study, like the study he did, um, and that you know it was excruciating to work with Xbox Live, uh, Xbox Live or XBLA, um, with for for the games, like forty eight percent said that it was excruciating to work with them, um, even like you know even just like ios and android uh, well they're they tend to be easier anyway though because they're meant to be just you know gas and go kind of with those um but even facebook um the only thing worse than microsoft for like in terms of like difficulty of working with them were cell phone carrier companies like the actual carriers themselves like at&t and you know Verizon and stuff, <laughs> so, right? Yeah. So I mean, like, that's not really like great company. Like, even WiiWare, like Nintendo, was rated above, um, came in above uh, XBLA, and and came in above it, and not only came in above it, but like was less like like fifty percent less excruciating for publishers to deal with, like or for devs to deal with. Like, it was twenty one percent like excruciating you know excruciatingly bad to work with versus xblas so it just kind of like it, i mean and, and like we've said like this isn't the first time we've heard these like heard these problems i mean like this is the first time we've seen like a study that's really like been done by somebody to like see where things stand but it's obvious that microsoft needs to do something yeah to try and you know try and help things you know what that is you know you don't want to lax your you don't want you don't want to get lax on your quality for things because you know like we said it's kind of like the night you know nintendo, nintendo seal of approval you know you get high quality games on xbox live um arcade you don't want to like take that away but there should be some kind of uh I don't know, easier process for working with the developers and, you know, especially developers that aren't running through a publisher. Um, there should be something in place for that, you know, because in, and especially then like, if you don't, if you end up not working with Xbox live um, and arcade for, you know, to try and get your game like on the forefront of Xbox live, you know, then you're stuck going to indie games channel, which like we've already said is, you know, buried people don't look at it. You know, there's good games back there, but, you know, if you're really putting like your, you know, your heart and soul into a game, and you're actually putting like real money into making a game, you don't want to stick it back there, you right. know. But like, so your alternative is to go somewhere else, you know, go to a different platform to to work with somebody that's you know easier to work with, so you can get your game out there. So, you know, I mean, like Microsoft's got a lot of advantages; it just needs to make use of them, you know, so that publishers don't leave, devs don't leave. 
Yeah, because uh, I mean, yeah, Microsoft is definitely a big dog right now because of you know their user base and because of a lot of the the and the, the, the games with a lot of the games that are on there. But the people will it's it's a it's a it's a balancing act because the people are going to go where the games are. Right. But at the same time, sometimes the developers go where the people are. But if you're making it too difficult, they're going to take their games elsewhere. Right. Which means that eventually the gamers will go elsewhere too. Yeah. So I mean, I, I really don't think. Um, I really don't think Microsoft is going to get the point until after. Right, until they actually see the, you know, people jumping ship. Exactly. So, um, okay. Well, that's, I think that we, we should end the topics on that note. Because yeah. uh, that's all I have to say about that. But, um, so yeah, th- thanks for not answering the question last week. We really everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And you know, I do I do know that there were some problems with SoundCloud last week, which led to well, a lot of the people who usually listen on SoundCloud, I know a lot of you guys, um, it was like two days SoundCloud was down. So that definitely affected it. Uh if you didn't get the mash cast on Monday or like early Tuesday, um, you probably weren't uh didn't get the mash cast until I don't know, I think yesterday because of the problems on SoundCloud, so maybe that's why. Um but that's okay. We're gonna answer another ask another question anyway. Um some suggestions were made and we're gonna try to I guess tie those in with uh you know tie those into the podcast. But uh this is gonna be the first time we do a question that we really didn't talk about on this podcast. Um and it's based off of an article uh, well, really, an interview on Gama Sutra. Um, it's it's for Rage. Uh, actually, let's see who it was. Brandon Sheffield did the interview, and he uh, did a uh, was able to talk to Todd uh, uh, Holds Holden's head. Is that Holland Shed? Sure. There we go. Holland Shed. <laughs> let's let's go with Holland Shed. And artist Andy Chang regarding uh, Rage. The reason why we're bringing up the this this interview is because it wasn't your typical. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? He was kind of he was kind of uh, I guess an investigative, doing some investigative journalism, <laughs> uh, asking the tough questions when it came to Rage. You know, he says, you know, what makes Rage unique? And they they, they said, well, the look. And he says, I don't think it. You know, they said, you know, that um, Rage doesn't look at every other game. That's what you know, the CEO and artist said, and he replies with, I don't feel like it looks unlike every other game. And pretty much that sets the tone for the interview. Um, so I guess our, our question for this week, you know, cause we're going to provide you the link. So take a look at the article, but our question for this week is, uh, you know, well, how do you feel about this? Do you, do you think there should be more journalism like this, more investigative journalism, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to gaming, or do you just think this guy was kind of being a dick? You know, you can answer like that too. I know personally, and, and Rob, he, he thinks differently, but personally, I think he put, well, he did, let me say this, he did make some valid points. You know, Rage is not 100% unique when it comes to looks, uh, just to use that as an example. But at the same time, I can tell the difference between Rage and Fallout. But I think the guy played the game based off of some of the other questions that he asked. I think he played the game. It wasn't what he expected. And he did not, um, you know, and he kind of took that out in the interview. Um, Rob disagrees, correct, Rob? Yeah, I I don't necessarily think he didn't take things out because I mean they did he 
they did stay up front. Like he got to play the game for I think about an hour before he like two hours before he spoke to them. Right. So I mean, but at the same time, like if you do have valid questions that you know kind of arise from what you play, even if it's not what you think it is, regardless of if you think it is or what it's not, like you know, good investigative journalism asks the questions that you know may otherwise not get asked. And I think that. In general, you know, we see, especially video game journalism, like we fall in this trap so, so much that we, you play nice too much. You you become, like, there's a certain point between, you know, being, you know, kind of fair and even and playing and, like, throwing puffballs at people. You know, like, you, you don't want to, like, you're not trying to, like, you know, break somebody's ankles, <laughs> but you, but you, it shouldn't always be, you know, just video game journalism functioning as a mouthpiece for PR for companies. Right. So I think that, that, uh, you know, not every, you know, not every instance, you know, you don't need this for cooking mama or something, but you know, when, you know, people make an assertion that like, this is the best different, this thing ever, you know, that sometimes that needs to be challenged. And, you know, maybe it's not the, maybe the people he spoke to weren't the best people to talk to about it. You'll, you know, read the article and you can kind of decide, but you know, maybe they need to be putting different people in front of the interviewers so we can ask real questions about things. You know, it's one thing when you when say, you know, Jarrett, you've done interviews with like Ian Gilbert. It's one thing when you talk to him about, you know, the company because he can speak to you on a level about things that you ask him. You know, it's another thing when you put somebody who's basically a PR person in front of an interviewer and expect to, them to really be able to speak about a game, you know, because all they're given, the only talking points they're really given are PR things. So I can kind of understand from that level why people may have had a problem with the interview but i think that it is sometimes necessary it shouldn't it, we shouldn't be so used to playing softball that we don't even bother trying to ask real questions because asking real questions is what makes games better <laughs> more or less um i mean i just in fact the reason that i i was that was the one that suggested we had this question because i remember when peter moore was talking about xbox when it came out um, like way back when, when he was still with Microsoft and Dan Chu, uh, basically like didn't really like get at him, but he got at him. And it actually, it was a lot worse than this interview, I think, but he actually like showed some balls, you know, like Peter Moore was talking about like how Cameo was like, this is the greatest game ever. And Dan Chu was like, you know, we didn't think so. This is when he was still at DGM. Um, they, you know, he challenged him on, you know, the the console breaking and all the problems they're having and the impending lawsuits. And I mean, like Peter Moore actually, like you know, he actually did try and you know kind of talk with him about it. Um, it wasn't bad, and even and even after the fact, you know, Peter Moore had said that you know, like there needs to be more interviews like that. You know, you're talking about people who get interviewed hundreds and hundreds of times about, or you know, at least dozens and dozens of times about you know, say a game like Rage, like these guys have probably been interviewed about that game, I would probably say at least 50 times, you know, before the game came out. So they, you know, hearing the same old questions over and over again, like even that in and of itself is like a problem. At least, you know, people want to hear something different. Not everything needs to be a challenge, but I think something should be. I think right. it's just good journalism. Yeah, so I guess that's, uh, what do you think about the situation? Do 
you know, we need more game journalism like this, or was this guy just? Do, do you think being he was a douchebag? Douche <laughs> yeah, like, was just being a douchebag because he didn't expect it. You know, you know, was he, you know, just doing his job as a game journalist, or was he kind of taken out because, oh, there's no quests. <laughs> you know, right. I, I can't make life decisions. You know. Yeah, that's why it's not necessary all the time. Because then you're going to get people who are just like, "I'm just going to bitch at you about the things that I didn't like," and that's not right, that's not exactly. what we want either. <laughs> all right, so yeah, we'll we'll leave you with that question, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, somebody answers this week. Uh, Come on, guys! We know you're out there. We get we normally get responses from you, so just you know, take a little time out. At Let least us. one, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was our fault. Maybe because the questions were getting a little too related. So this time we tried to do something different, something we didn't even fully discuss. Mm-hmm. So you know, give us your give us your take. Exactly. Okay, so what else we got here? Let's look at the uh, what's coming out this week. Um, a few things. Uh, Ace Combat. It's coming out, so we'll finally get a chance to take a look at that. Um, oh shit! Michael Phelps pushed the limit for 360. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! And that, yet we're we're pretty much in the thick of it, man. And that's yeah. that's one of the games that's coming out. It's great. Uh, we have Just Dance three here, but I wonder if that's accurate. Uh, so possibly Just Dance three and Rocksmith. Is that coming out this week? Rocksmith. I guess so. I mean, I know it was coming out soon because I've seen like people doing previews and stuff. But yeah, I've been seeing more marketing for it. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, one second, because I'm gonna see right now if uh, if October that game's 18th. October 18th. So that's not this week. Not this quite. Yeah, not quite this coming week. That's not okay. And what was the other game? Oh, Just Dance Three. Is that coming out this week? Hey, that's they're both Ubisoft pro, Ubisoft products, so yeah. I don't know if they released those the same exact week. Actually, no, that game has been pushed back. Oh no, yeah, that game has been pushed back to like December. I think. Yeah, I mean they're definitely gonna get it out during the holiday season, but yeah, not I guess as soon as anticipated. Or actually, no, I'm seeing no, you know, I'm seeing mixed results here. Like, I see with bonus release date to a twelve six, but. It says usually ships within 24 hours. Hey, that game come out already? Who knows? Who plays Just Dance? Well, lots of people do. Just not, just not us. <laughs> a lot of people play Just Dance. God damn it. Not us. <laughs> Make you sound like a fool. <laughs> Trying to find your release date. So, yeah, we're still working on that calendar issue, folks, as you can probably see. But we're hoping to have that cleared up by next week with our, with our game list calendar. Um, but, yeah... That's uh that's gonna do it for us. You can uh check it out check us out on uh SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons. Hopefully they stay up all week this time. Uh we're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash mash those buttons and Twitter, twitter.com slash MTB site. Email Rob Hill with your uh with your hate and inquiries. And complaints, <laughs> yep. Also, uh just to mention, Hyperduck Soundworks does have a new Facebook page. We're gonna put that into the show notes. So like them if you like our theme, because they make awesome, awesome music. Yeah, so um yeah, that's gonna be uh, just check them out. They're awesome. <laughs> um a little advanced warning. Uh the last two mash casts of this month are gonna be special editions, reason why we need to take a little break. Um, I'm actually going away for a little bit. It's not. It's not you guys. It's us. Yeah, it's not you. It's us. Just need some time apart. You know, we got to work things out for ourselves. 
and hopefully, you know, we can we can make this work out in the long run. <laughs> no, but really, uh, Jared's going to China. So yeah. congratulations, yay! Yeah, I got to take a trip overseas. You know, uh, and we can't do it without him, man. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they can't do it without me. So, um, yeah. So the last two matchcasts this month will be special editions, but we're working on those. And uh, next week, we will give you the official topics that that we'll be covering. Uh, look at oh snake <laughs> but um <laughs> surprise too <laughs> yeah but um yeah we're we uh it'll be the same quality you come to expect um now that may be a, a good thing or a bad thing because you may think the mash cast sucks <laughs> so uh yeah but um yeah i guess i will announce the topics next week because next week will be our last mash cast before november so uh yeah it's all we got Thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Later, guys.